fasten your seatbelts to keep your hands inside the ride at all times. Are you ready? Because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Woo! All right. It's been a minute. And when I say it's been a minute, I mean it's been too long. Too long. Another Daft Punk song. Welcome to our Sorry Show here. Live from the Cairo Studios in Seattle, Washington, we're here with Shane Peterson. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm tired, but, you know, I don't got to get up early tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to just kicking it here with you, you know, burning yeah. that midnight oil, doing a little, you know... Midnight little, oil. Little, <laughs> midnight oil. little broadcasting. That's right. I did not know midnight oil was a term until now. I learned something new every day, folks. All right, coming up today, we're talking news. We got face-to-face also discussion with Shane coming up uh, about masks. Are they legit for the summer? Are they cool? You remember that song? Cool for the summer. EDM drop. Well, not EDM, but, you know, it was a big song. Yes. It the was a bad song. It, there's worse. <laughs> there are. Come on, we had LMFAO in middle school. Let's be fair for a second. Okay, hold on. Let's not, let's not start on that. <laughs> I like LMFAO. What? Now, what? I, I, I like I like I like their popular. You like song. crappy music then? I like. Uh, Come on, you're better than that, man. Uh, what's this song? Every day I'm shuffling. I, I learned how to shuffle because of that song, man. And speaking. Oh, speaking of shuffling, it's a much better song right here. Face. Two. Face. Face. Can't go wrong with some uh, good early 2000s Daft Punk. This segment is called Face to Face, an homage to one of our favorite bands. We go face to face on several topics today. It is eight, and we're going to start with the big story of the day today which is that Joe Biden, well, he came out with a statement commending the Israel-Hamas ceasefire. This isn't really so much about Biden, although the news seems to want to say, you know, Biden, but it's funny. It's a two-sided street where it's like, the left is like, you know, Biden, uh, he did a great job. He, we uh, really appreciate what he did today. And the right's like, what? This is not him. This is uh, Fox News, basically. This is not him. Was that he, a was that a Billy Sunshine impersonation when you were doing the I don't know what that left? was. I think it was more Billy Rainshine because I can't actually say it was him because otherwise I'll get sued. But you know what? I honestly I am so happy that there's a ceasefire. I just I having relatives and extended family from the Middle East, family who who are in the Middle East right now, I get very worried about you know their their safety. Short term and long term, a ceasefire is great. Don't get me wrong. I just don't trust it right now, and I hope I hope this. I'm hope I'm wrong about this, but us celebrating a ceasefire, we need more than this. That's just the way it is. I, I, we need more than this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like us celebrating the ceasefire is basically like a bunch of people celebrating getting a call back for an interview, like they got the job. Like, yeah, exactly. hey, it's all over. It's all done. No, it's no, not. It's, it's not. not. It's it. And here's and here's the sad reality. It probably won't ever be over. This has been something that's been going on. For hundreds of thousands of years, yes, between people in Israel and people in Palestine, it is it is it is a tale as old as time. Yes, and I think that it's so obnoxious that there's so many people. Whenever these issues come up in the news, they just go, "Oh my gosh, we have to do something about this. This is uh, this is ridiculous." It's like, hey, guess what? There's nothing you can really do. You really think there's nothing you can do? Uh, oh. I, 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 here's the thing: the only way that we can maybe do something is if we get involved. In war ties, and I do not want the United States involved in any of that mess. But we as, need to stay out of as, that. As a son of uh, an immigrant uh, from Lebanon, 
mm-hmm. who had to see basically the worst kind of unrest in that's our music by the way to commend the end of the two minutes <laughs> that was not very well timed there I'm trying to make a point here and it's like alright piano player by the way we have a piano player I thought that you were starting like a bed to go into like no, a story <laughs> right well I'll say this first I, I want to mention we have Rick Wakeman of Yes as our piano player for today Rick uh, how are you doing today I'm doing great I thought he was British <laughs> shut up well, we're gonna ignore Rick, and but as a as a son of a um, of an immigrant from Lebanon, who he had to, you know my father had to see all this turmoil and this unrest in that country, turmoil that still continues today. I understand there probably isn't a solution for it, but I hope there is. I hope over time something can happen where it becomes a peaceful, a peace more peaceful situation. Because listen, I hate when people say Middle East is a terrible, it's a crapshoot, it's a dumpster fire. No, yeah, it is not. when. You know what? Especially Lebanon. Especially Lebanon. That is a beautiful country. It an is. absolutely beautiful country. And in that just that tiny country, you have essentially all climates and all just it's beautiful. And it, I just it's a shame to see that politics and religion has to take over all else. It really it really I know I made that extremely personal there and I really brought it down to a, a very depressing moment. But I mean it when I say I hope things get better. I really do. Boo, politics and religion. Yeah. Boo. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Come on. You didn't know that John Lennon. Oh, no. Shame. I'm not a John Lennon fan. Yeah, you know LMFAO. Come on. I know John Lennon. I just am not a huge John Lennon guy. (sighs) Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Second story. Hey, we're from California. We're in Washington right now, but we care about California. (laughs) Yeah. California has delayed their debate on lifting virus rules for workers. So, California workforce regulators will aim for mid-June for an easing of workplace masking and social distancing requirements to conform with a broader state order asking to delay debate Thursday on how quickly they should drop COVID safety rules for employees. So, June 15th, and they want to make businesses wait, this proposal says, until July 31st to ease some restrictions. Now, for some context, for those of you who are not in Washington... June 30th is the target date for Washington. Yeah, for to open up fully. Exactly. So what is so different? Like I, I don't understand the big difference here. You got two states, West Coast, you know, that lean heavily heavily liberal, both have big cities, both have Republican areas, both have had cases surge surge in the past, and both are in decent place right now, and both have Democrat governors that are hated by a decent amount of the population that is not all far left. So what? Why are? They, why do they wait an extra month? I, that I don't get. Yeah, you know, it has to do with really the only way that I can see logic around it is that it's just the fact that it's so big. There's so many people spread across the whole entire state. It's the fifth largest economy in the whole entire world. You know, like it's it's big and it's. I, I I've talked about this with my friends in California. I'm like, oh well, we're doing really, really great up here in Washington. They're like, yeah, well, you have less people and majority of your population lives on the west side, especially in King County. Mm-hmm. So I think that it has to do with more of the fact that people in King County took it a lot more serious than people in other places because you know where we're from in like the Sacramento Valley, half the people are hardcore maskers and half of them don't even carry one with them because they just don't think that it's worth especially it. Especially in our hometowns that tend to lean heavily more conservative, especially in yes. Loomis, your, your case. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Yeah, and as many listeners know from out there, it's very true. Oh, Rick. Rick. Man, Rick, you are... Listen to this, man. Rick. Rick, stop it. Rick. Rick, stop. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Rick. You're doing a great job. Shut up. Let me play. All right. All right. Fine, Rick. 
God, he's got a weird... I thought it was British. Anyway. All right. So, number three. CNN. We got, we're going to play a quick game within our segment here. All right? You ready? Oh, boy. I'm ready. It's called Good CNN and Bad CNN. Ready for Good CNN? Yeah. Good CNN. All right. The Trump administration, according to reports from CNN and from other media outlets... They secretly obtained a CNN reporter's phone and email records in 2017. That's right. So according to this report, Barbara Starr, in a May 13th letter, was informed that uh, prosecutors had obtained her phone and email records covering two months between June 1st, 2017 and July 31st, 2017. The letter listed phone numbers for Starr's Pentagon extension, and it happened under the watch of Jeff Sessions. There was no explanation for why this was needed by the Trump administration, and it's it comes off as very... Here, here's my point on it. I'm not a humongous CNN fan, as the next story will tell you. Again, good, good CNN, bad CNN. But I do like when these institutions, whether they be leaning left or right, expose situations that are very much, huh? Like, listen, the Biden, Biden does this, like the Biden administration, if they do this to Fox News, I feel the same way. I just don't know why we're obtaining reporters' phone and email records. Unless, you're, I mean, that's not the way I ask people out. And unless it's that that they're trying to pull off, which I don't think it is, I don't under, I don't get, I don't get it. Well, it comes well, off weird. Well, Tarek, it's, 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 it's just so simple. Hmm. You know, I don't know if you've heard this, but what? people in the media, they get these checks every month, and it's 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 from it's from the FNN. The fake news network. <laughs> have you gotten your checks recently? No, so, I. I, I've, I, I've I mean, subscribed. I think that I think that she might have <laughs> she might have overdrawn with her checks with the fake news network and got caught because you know, like a lot of people believe, right, man? Trump won the election. We're still going to fight for it, even though um, we're past Biden's 100 days in office. Interesting. You know, I, I gotta look into getting some um, FNN stuff. So you know. I think Rick actually. Uh, do you get uh, checks from the FNN? I get checks from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, shut up! Shut up, Rick. Rick, we're not as good as you. Come on. What did you write, huh? Roundabout by Yes. Actually, that's a good song. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. <laughs> no problem. All right. So, number. What are we at? Number four. Oh no, we're at bad CNN. Bad CNN. We had good CNN. Now we have bad CNN. All right. According to the New York Post, the most liberal of outlets. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Chris Cuomo has apologized to CNN. A lot of CNN going around here. He admits that he advised Andrew Cuomo on the scandal while it was happening. Seems a bit like bigotry considering he went on TV and said, hey, everybody, I can't talk about this to you because he's my brother. Basically, I'm going to talk to him about this because he is my brother. Therefore, la-dee-dee, la-dee-da. Another, another great yes, thank another you. great move from not only... And then he went to commercial. <laughs> true, like, a true, like a true broadcaster. Like a true broadcaster. We'll be right back after these messages. And then hair loss treatment. That was the first commercial, I'm assuming. But either way. I don't trust the Meatball family. I like to refer to them as the Meatball. The Meatball, meatball Brothers. Yeah, really? Governor Meatball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, we don't need the masks. All the pe- we can put all the old people back inside. It will be fine. That sounds a little bit more like Bernie. I was I gonna say that sounds more like Bernie. I want to hear more. I can so do- Bernie, Bernie, what do you what do you think of this whole Cuomo thing, Bernie? I think Anthony Cuomo <laughs> needs to understand that if he comes in here and tries to do all this stuff, touching all these women, he's just gonna end up like all these other goons out here. You need to be respectful. You need to give back. 
You need to love your neighbor. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie Sanders was a gangster. <laughs> yeah. If Bernie Sanders was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> is what it would sound like. He was born in Vermont, close enough. He's close, close, except, you know, he uh, eats more Ben and Jerry's because it's from Vermont. That's a deep joke, and some of you did not get that, and if you did not, that's okay. Still, is Cuomo in the wrong here for advising his brother? I think he is, personally. It because sucks that, because that, they're they're brothers, so I mean it's yeah, there's, but, two, there's two separate relationships. There's the family brother relationship, and then there's the political relationship that they share. But, they share two different separate world relationships. But there's an so. obvious conflict of interest here. I mean, it is a huge conflict of interest. Yes, it is. But I also kind of feel for him and understand. It's like you know, if my, if, I mean, if your brother's your brother, your siblings are yeah. sibling. You know, like I got a brother, and sometimes we don't get along at all. But I mean, I mean, I would still advise him, even you know. If he was in trouble, but I mean, that's why he you can't find anybody else to advise that wouldn't be a conflict of interest and a psychiatrist. I know Chris Cuomo's not a psychiatrist. I've seen him on TV. I don't think he needs to be put in any more rooms alone with people. So I think Ooh. his brother's probably the best. I don't know. I just it smells fishy to me. Bad CNN. What? You, yeah. Thank you, Rick. Rick playing uh, a new song that he just wrote called Bad CNN. Uh, when is that getting released? On MSNBC. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Man, Rick is a funny guy. Moving on, our next story. According to San Francisco Gate, <laughs> it's a story that doesn't really have a ton to do with San Francisco, but you're going to find this one very interesting. And if you live in California, Oregon, or Washington, this affects you. Seven Oregon counties have voted to join in Greater Idaho. So what this would be is Idaho is extending the frick out of their state under this proposal. Basically, they're, they're going to be extending their territory if this were to pass very much a quote-unquote, if this were to pass, into most of Oregon minus Portland, Salem, and Eugene, into essentially the entirety of Oregon, parts of southern Washington and eastern Washington, as well as northern California, including cities such as Redding and Red Bluff. Uh, and this would encapsulate, this would become one of the biggest states in the nation. This looks like it'd be bigger than California and almost as big as Texas. This would, if to go through, would be the third largest state and it would be an obvious Republican grasp hold, big hold. It, it avoids the huge cities, though. Uh, it takes a few big ones like Medford and what What else? Like, what, What Bend? Bend? Bend's a big one. Bend's a pretty big one. But, like, they, and Redding's kind of big, too. But they're not taking Portland. They're not taking Eugene under this proposal. This would be a huge win for Republicans. But, boy, that's a, I don't see that happening. Like, considering there are states there that are, like, very much Democrat run. They're not going to let that slide. Well, no it, way. There's, it's not going to happen. And also, this is like, have we all forgotten about, I mean, this is something that I think you and I are a little bit more familiar with than most other people, but have we forgotten about the state of Jefferson people? Oh, gosh. The state of Jefferson, one of the greatest things that's ever come out of lunacy that's like, oh, we're going to turn. Wait, lunacy or Loomis? A lot of, <laughs> technically Loomis is in the state of Jefferson. Loomis and part of oh, North. Is it also Sacramento. in the state of lunacy? Yes. And <laughs> some people some people definitely fall into that category. Ah, there we go. Uh, but it's, um, I mean, it's not going to happen. Like, we people have tried to do this before. Dude, we've had these states for quite a long time. Hawaii was the last state, I believe. Yeah, D.C. could get statehood, though. Uh, D.C., well, the thing is, D.C.'s already considered, like, its own it's, its own territory already. Yeah, but they're, the way in which the residents are treated, like, tax-wise, is not as a state. So that's... If that, so if, if DC gets a state, I think that's going to start maybe, possibly a domino effect, maybe? Rick thinks so, but Rick wants us to move on. Rick Wakeman of Yes.
Not many people are going to recognize Rick Wakeman from Yes, but the ones who do are very good classic rock fans. Absolutely. Exactly. You know the band Yes, by the way? Yeah, I know the band Yes. Okay, that's good, because you know you don't know who John Lennon is. I know who John Any- Lennon is. I just don't like to talk about him because he's not a good person. Well, he's not a perfect person. He has good qualities and terrible qualities. He also grew up, you know, in a very shattered household. Yeah, you know, amazing songwriter, inspiration to all. He would but also like to hit his wife every once in a while, so... <laughs> I choose to look at it this way. I don't commend him for doing that. I don't. I respect him for the man he was in good light, knowing that he was an imperfect. David Bowie is the same way. David Bowie was in some ways a creep, but also a very inspiring man as well. So if you look at it from that angle, you know. I'm gonna have to look up this David Bowie stuff because if you're making these accusations, I'm not. I'm not making that up. I know. I I, I trust you that you're not. Yeah. And obviously, the media tends to. I'm gonna sound like I'm working here at a conservative station, but the media tends to over exaggerate certain things on good or bad. But that's a whole other story. Let's get into our next one. We have three more here, and Tony Larusa. All right. So we're getting into baseball here. If you're a baseball fan, you're gonna love this. If not, you're gonna love this. So, Chicago White Sox are up. 15 runs, they put a position player on the mound for the Twins, you know, and the Twins are done, they're, they're giving up. So, 3-0 count, this White Sox batter is at the plate, and he gets like a 50-mile-per-hour fastball right down his wheelhouse. He hits a home run, just crushes it. And Larusa is mad at his own player for hitting that home run because apparently, and his own player, by the way, Yerman Mercedes, he's mad at his own player because the game was over and that was not baseball etiquette, quote-unquote. So we get to the next day. The Twins are mad, too. They hit Yerman Mercedes, or they try to hit him near the head with an intentional hit by pitch. They don't hit him. Pitcher gets thrown out. After the game, Larissa asks what he thinks of that. He says, I had nothing, I had no problem with the Twins trying to hit my batter. No, Not a problem at all? Not a problem at all, because he violated etiquette mm. of baseball. This Listen, I'm a huge Larissa fan. Because I, my family has personal ties to Larusa. My aunt was a huge fan of him, knew him. He's an excellent, excellent guy. He's been very kind to us. But I have to criticize him here. You, you can't be do- in an age where baseball is losing ratings wise and popularity wise to the NBA and the NFL. The last thing you need to do is be like, well, you know, us old timey people don't like it when you hit a home. You know what? Home runs are going to save you from irrelevancy. All right. Yeah, we need exciting plays in baseball to keep the sport alive. That's the only things that I really get excited about because I like baseball, but I'm that person that's going to be tuning out probably around the third or fourth inning. Exactly. You know? And Yerman Mercedes is an exciting player hitting these bomb home runs, and you're going to tell them, no. And they're throwing a position player on the mound. All right? They don't care. The Twins should not care. They're down 15 runs. What's another run going to do for them? If they throw a pitcher out there, different story. But they're giving up. You're getting mad because your player's taking advantage of the giving up. Yeah, I mean, when one of my favorite parts about playing sports is when you would beat a team so bad that you just started just pumping in everybody. You got everybody in, yep. everybody got their playing That's how I got time. to pitch. Yay. Yeah. That's how I got to score touchdowns, man. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, dude, second string, baby. See? Let's go. Exactly, and you never got the talk. Hey, Shane, you can't enjoy this. It's garbage time, but you're not allowed to enjoy this. It's against football etiquette. No touchdowns for you. Screw you. Well, I got in trouble once for celebrating after a touchdown. And they were how like, dare you? How, dare, coach, you, how my, dare you have fun, Shane? My coaches then said, act like you've been there before. And it's like, well, I have, but you, you tend to keep me on the sidelines a lot. So when I do something, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm do a dance. What was the dance? Uh, what was the dance? Um, I actually hit the Dougie. 
Okay, I don't blame them then. Uh, that's a stupid dance. And Shane Peterson, we're gonna now escort you out with this piano music from Rick Wade. <laughs> <laughs> the Dougie. Yeah, dude. No, come on. Keep me. Uh, uh, uh. Just hit him. I, get, I hit him with one of those. Just a. Uh, uh. I wish, I wish that there was... Yeah, I was going to say, it's a very audio way of showing it. You know what? Not bad. Here, let me just put the microphone up to my body and do it. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> God, God damn it. Freaking Shane. All right. Yeah, he did a great job showcasing. Now all of you are picturing where, where he held that microphone to and are getting disgusted as we speak. Two more stories. All right, starting out with a Florida girl who fended off a would-be kidnapper. All right, so a bad story turned good. Fended off this would-be kidnapper. Why? Because she used a tip she learned from Law and Order. That's right. <laughs> That's completely true. So, basically, how the story goes here is authorities. Okay, authorities say Alyssa. Alyssa her name is Alyssa. This woman. Uh, this girl who was. I'm, I'm trying to get the. Here we go. So, Alyssa's quick thinking helped police identify her attacker after. When this attacker came up to her, knife in hand, mind you, uh, she smeared blue slime on her and on her would-be abductor's arm, which is a tip that she learned from Law & Order SVU to do one of two things, to throw him off and basically have her escape, and also to get DNA evidence to oh. then capture him. Whoa. Genius! This is a Florida girl! A Florida Flor girl. I want you to think very long and hard, ladies and gentlemen. How many headlines have you seen? Florida man does something stupid. Florida woman does something stupid. A Florida girl, girl, did something intelligent. What does this mean? When, me when boys and girls in Florida grow up, they become idiots. But that's that is just a theory I have. I could be wrong. <laughs> could be completely wrong. But I want to commend uh, Alyssa. Is her name? This girl, Alyssa. Great job. And who knew Law and Order would come? to be very helpful in real life, Shane. I mean, that's honestly a really smart way to, like, yeah, that is. needs to be, like, taught more. That they, should. People should really try to teach girls that and women that so they can help themselves because yeah. okay, so they're in never these types of situations. And also a great marketing opportunity for Nickelodeon to maybe sell their slime as fend-off kidnapper tools. Because you know that they're hurting right now. They are hurting because they, they're not as good as PBS Kids. PBS Kids? <laughs> yeah, PBS Kids. Okay, listen. Not I'm even Cartoon Network? Well, I, okay. When you have an antenna as a kid, you do what you can do. You have Mr. Rogers, the Teletubbies, and Sesame Street. That's all I had. And Clifford the Big Red Dog. Those are all those are all solid. All solid. Teletubbies above all. One of the greatest shows of all time. Yes. Yes. Tell I mean that's some baby. Elite. Right? Thank you, Rick. You know why Rick is celebrating because of the Teletubbies? Because it's a British show. Right, isn't it, Rick? Stop talking about my country. Alright. Well, country or country is Great Britain, you know. Shut up, idiot. Alright, fine, fine. Rick is a real person, by the way. Last story. This one is crazy. Because it's also a Florida person, but it's a Florida woman. Remember what I said about how Florida girls and Florida boys, when they grow up, they become idiots? Yeah. Hence this story. A Florida woman posed as a student to promote her Instagram page. Investigators say that Audrey Francesquini, 28 years old, 28 years old, snuck onto the campus of a Miami-area high school and handed out pamphlets printed with her Instagram account. That's right. 
She is facing charges of burglary, interfering with a school function, resisting arrest without violence, and being a complete idiot. So, that yeah, is true. In Florida, you can be arrested for being a complete idiot. It's one of the most popular charges nowadays. Mm. It landed her in jail where she's facing charges of those as well as just a complete embarrassment. School security tracked her down as she was wandering down the hallways while students were in classrooms. And these students were very confused, concerned, and, well, let's hope out of after all this they don't use instagram again this is just weird it's it, weird it's i don't get it you have to be really some sort of sad confused embarrassing type of person to be able to think about doing anything like that well, 28 years old what do you try? You like you, if you're a 28 year old trying to go hang out and pose as a high schooler, you're catching a charge. Yeah. It doesn't matter, yeah. male, female, trans, a dog. It doesn't matter <laughs> who you are, what you look like. If you're going in playing games when there's kids, kids, yeah, kids, yeah, like you're, I, it's it. it like you could have, there's so many other things you could have done. You could have bought followers, but you're trying to get authentic followers from high school kids. What is that? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, you like none of those. If you, what, what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah. You know, also, she was recording herself doing it too. <sighs> Guess where she was recording it too? Instagram. <sighs> she was on Instagram Live doing that. For like being straight up like, oh, I'm again, pretending to be at high school. Wee! Florida women. Versus Florida girl. Who's smarter, Florida girl? Florida girl. Yep. Rick, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for playing this excellent music for us. Shut up. Give me the check. All right, Rick. All right, fine. Uh, Rick Wakeman from Yes, everybody. Joining us here on the Tarkin Sorry Show, playing our music. Rick, thank you so much. As we dim the background music down. I like how we have to have music live and music from a computer here. But it'd be like that sometimes. It does be like that sometimes. Yeah. Shane, you want to stick around for an extra minute or two? Yeah, I can stick around. Sounds good. We'll be right back on the Tarkin Sorry Show with more amazing fire content, as they say on Instagram. Is that right? I think the fire... Um, Maybe not. I'm not going to go through a high school to figure out if that's cool or not. How yeah, about that? No, we're not going to do that. All right, let's not do that. But let's do this. Let's come back in just a few seconds. Who's that? Who's that? Yo, hey, yo, you! Yeah, yeah, what, what's up? Yeah, you! Yeah, me, yeah, what? Who, who, who are you? What are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing this uh, this awesome uh, jersey I got from uh, Evansville Flannels. What? Th I'm wearing this jersey I got from Evansville Flannels, dude! What? This jersey from Evansville Flannels! Us! Dude, it's sick, dude! I like it! We're like, where can I find one? Oh, you can get one. You see, well, we're out here at Capitol Hill. You see right over there? That, see 12? Yeah. What? 12th Street's over there. You could just take it, go walk all the way down, and go out and go to Throwbacks Northwest and get one of these awesome things. They're on sale. 12th Street and Cap Hill? That's right. Okay. How, is it expensive? No. It's super cheap. Are they, do they have, like, older teams? Like, stuff that's not around anymore? What team do you want to look for? Oh, I mean, I don't know, maybe like, like the San Francisco Otters or something. They're the called seals? the Seals, you fake fan. Hey, leave me alone. But they have the yeah, they have so they had so many of those. What? They had so many of those jerseys. They had they had a lot. They had so many, and they were on clearance. 
What? They were on clearance! What? I'm not gonna... Dude, come here, come here. Let me, let me get this guy a little closer to us. Alright, Dirk. Alright. What's your name, by the way? Todd. Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm Jason. So, just down the street, they are on clearance. I think there's one for like 175. These are things that are like, I, I see them online for like 500. They're a really good deal. Let me tell you something. They're really, really nice. What? <laughs> you could hear me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you get the idea. Edmondsville flannels. Go to Throwbacks Northwest if you're in Seattle. Otherwise, go to Ebbets.com. Get yourself a nice flannel. I know I'm going to get one tomorrow because they're awesome. I'm going to get myself a Sacramento Solons one because I have some family ties. Family ties to that one. Ebbets.com or Throwbacks Northwest. Get your flannel today. Here come the lyrics. All right, here we go. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Station to Station by David Bowie, bringing us in my favorite Bowie song, getting us hyped up on a Friday. If you want to follow the show, Tarek.ans on Instagram, Tarek.ans, no dot, on Twitter. I'm thinking that it must be love. It's too late. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see, but Shane Peterson is doing one of the greatest air guitars I've ever seen in my life. He's still doing it. He's not- <laughs> Okay. It just went from best to worst. Uh, it was good, though. I love that song so much. A 10-minute opus from David Bowie's excellent discography. I would check it out. One of my friends texted me today saying, or texted me last night, saying, that song is overrated and not good. That friend has been canceled. And if that friend is listening right now, you suck. They are put on notice. That's right. And they're like, you know what's a better song than that? Fame. And I was like, I can't believe you'd say, I can't believe you've done this. That's what I said. I didn't expect there to be water in that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Nervous laughter in a expensive studio. So our last little segment here. We mentioned earlier that masks were hesitantly being put off slash kept on for Californians up here in Washington by June 30th. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask inside or out. State's opening up, which brings us to the premise. What should we do when we see people, if we're vaccinated and we see people who are still wearing masks, see people who are not wearing masks and being truant who have not gotten a vaccination. Like how should we treat this in the future? If we get to the summer and this fall, because I feel like there's going to be some social, social aspect to this where we treat people differently based on their status with this vaccine. And I'm a little worried about that. Uh, yeah, that's the thing I'm mainly worried about the most because we're starting to see a lot of these ma- these mask mandates start to be lifted. And a lot of people there's even still talks about people saying, well, you know, we'll probably have to either go back to wearing masks again for a short amount of time, or, you know, we might have to go through another lockdown if this thing spikes up again. 
we've gone through this for over a year. And the thing that's the hard part about it is that when you keep making promises to your citizens and to the people, and then you fail mm -hmm. to provide resources to people who are struggling off of the orders that you've made, it's really hard for me to go, oh, man. I, I want everybody to, you know, I want everybody at sports games to have those passes ready. I want them. I want I want to see who has their vaccine. I think that's wrong. I think that people should be able to have the right to refuse the vaccine. And, you know, people might give me some heck for this, but I really honestly think that you are only responsible for your health, like your personal health. And with the vaccine, with the masks and COVID and everything, the big main reason is like, well, it's not about your health. It's about other people's health. Yeah. Which is a, re which is a reasonable, reasonable answer. But we have gotten a large majority of the population vaccinated. And if you're going to make a large portion of the population get vaccinated and they'll then still say, oh, no, well, you know, the mask still might have to be on. It's not going to work. You're yeah. creating you're creating public policies that are basically setting citizens up to not only fail in life and their businesses, but also to fail to the point where you have to treat adults and treat people like like infants almost like this isn't elementary school where you have to get your tetanus shot if you trip on the playground and cut your hand open on the monkey bars, you know, yeah, this yeah. isn't. This isn't common stuff. And I think that people should have the right to say, you know, I don't want to do this. And if the majority of the population is vaccinated and another giant part of the population has also gotten it, received the antibodies and lived through it. At what point are we just going to keep living this way? Because, I mean, as of now, I've grown really comfortable in my life just because I don't have to. My my job and my work doesn't involve me around seeing other people or being in the general population or in the public yeah you know, we work in studios we're the only ones that are allowed to be here yeah ever since you and i started there's nobody in the building usually every desk is full there is nobody in the newsroom except one news person and then it's usually us and maybe a show host if they're not hosting at home which is very rare it's extremely rare yeah and we've 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 a lot of us a lot of us have followed the rules that our public officials have set into place. And I think it's time that we say to hell with the masks because at this point you're, you're going to get COVID at some point. It's not going away. So the fact that it's like, Oh, we got to keep wearing these masks. Like, you know, how about we maybe, you know, bring up the masks around cold and flu season when we might see some rises, you know, that would, that would convince me if, if I'm me being a guy who doesn't want to wear a mask, if we go down later down the road and we're in like the winter months and people are like, okay, people are getting sick again, there's being transmitted. I would wear, I would wear a mask indoors to businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, I would do that. That yeah. would be something that I would not have a problem with. But again, they have given us so many orders and have given us so many opportunities to fail that it's time for them to give us an opportunity to go out, live our lives, let businesses be supported, let restaurants and bars fill up. Like it's what we need because the thing is, is that there's a lot of businesses already that are saying to hell with it and they're risking their livelihood based on the fact that they have to risk their livelihood through local officials just so they can make enough money that they can keep their doors open here in Seattle. Right. So right. that's my big take on it. I would love to see the mask go and I would love to see people kind of following that same rational logic. Just like, okay, if we have to wear a mask again later down the road, then sure. But in the summer months, 
when there's going to be people outside, when we've already had so many people exposed to it via vaccine or via transmission, I just don't understand how much longer some people can go through this because suicide rates are still up. Mm -hmm. Alcoholism related accidents are still up. It's weight is up. I would know. (sighs) Me too. Yeah, me too. I I gained 30 pounds, man. I also gained 30 pounds. Yeah, not good. Congratulations. High five. There we go. Y'all heard that. You know what? I have an idea. What if we did like kind of a, like a thing where like we, did like a weight loss program like where we kept track of the podcast and we're like hey who lost more this week ah. and of course the way we lose weight is by you know of course like, uh inductive hurling just kidding no not that i don't know maybe it's just an idea i've been trying to find a way to like lose weight like on a consistent program that is not like something like keto or something like that because that doesn't work it's very yo-yo you know yo-yo diets they work for now and then later on they don't work well Tarek. Your opinion on masks. Let's hear it. All right. So here's my thing. I'm done with them. I really am. I was I was done with them about two months ago. Uh, I wear them as a sign of respect. I My stance on this has changed a lot, I will say. The last six months, seeing what has happened with the way this vaccine roll has gone. I'd say it's maybe more of a right-wing standpoint. But personally, I don't know what good they do at this point. Because we are in a situation where we have a lot of people vaccinated. The people who are not vaccinated probably are going to get vaccinated. I mean, let's be fair. We're in May We're May, May 21st now. All right? So if you haven't gotten a shot by now, chances are, unless you're way behind, you're not going to get one. And the people who are not going to get a shot are probably not going to change their mind. And if they do, it's going to be a very small number. And those people, you know what? If they don't want to get one, as you said, they're right. But we should not have to keep them on just because we didn't reach a certain amount of herd immunity from people who are not going to change their stance. Listen, they don't want the masks anyway. We don't want them. We're vaccinated. They're not. They know there's a risk. They're willing to take that risk. So let's take them off. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And cold and flu season... If that becomes a regular thing where we wear masks, I honestly am a little against having them required in buildings in the future where people have to wear masks like during winter and flu season because I feel like any any at any point when we have to live through this again, like I can't lie to you as nice, as nice as some of this has been the last year and a half. This is well, a year and a half, year and two months, something like that. This has sucked. All right. The last 14 months in many ways have sucked and I do not want to have to relive it in any way. So if people want to wear masks to feel safe, that's all that's all them. But it's also on the same token what I feel about people who don't want to get the vaccine. That's their that's their right, but I don't want their opinions and their rights that they exercise to shape the way we live our lives. Like I'm I I just got my second shot. I chose to get vaccinated. That's my choice. You don't have to. The guy out there doesn't have to. The guy down the street doesn't have to. But I feel honestly at this point that I've done what I can. I've gone through the mountaintop of this. I'm ready to start living again. So the the thought of we need to wait longer is ridiculous, especially as we enter the summer and things are going to be more outside. Case rates were so low as it was last summer during the height of COVID where we had no answer for this. So why are we waiting around? 
What's the risk? There is a risk. There always will be. Don't get me wrong. There's yep. a risk with this. There's a risk with other diseases. But I'm sick of this. I frankly, I feel like mentally I have not been on the same level as it was about two years ago at this point, which is where I really was truly happy. I was thin. I was working out. I had a great social life. I had a lot going for me. And I have a decent amount going for me now. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure and you do as well. But it just hasn't felt the same. Mm-hmm. And that same, we're not going to get to that if we keep, you know, lollygagging around with this. Well, will we, won't they? Maybe, maybe not. Listen, at this point, you have to take a risk or two. Mm-hmm. If you still really don't feel like it, you can keep the mask on. But don't tell me to keep it on at this point. We've done what we can. We've done much more than any, any other group in American history has done to this point. I'm including the Spanish flu. All right? I'm done with it. I'm really, I vote Democrat, and I'm all for these past mask mandates. I'm all for keeping people safe, but I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to live my life. Same here. I think we're both on the same page. There we are. Because there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. Me, I'm not, I'm not going to miss out on any more concerts or shows or anything. I, yeah. I need to see Tim and Paula. I want to go watch the 49ers. By the way, Tim and Paula, Gorge Amphitheater in October. Um, Fish, Gorge Amphitheater, August. Genesis, East Coast Tour, November. Ah. Good to see and, Philly C. You okay. and your Genesis. Me and my Genesis. I actually, I never thought I'd get the chance to see them live before they all, you know, got too old. But I get that chance. $200 tickets. Uh, it's worth it. Very much worth it. It is. Shane, thank you so much for joining us tonight. No problem, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and Shane, oh, you know what? Take that music down. We forgot to show something. I cannot believe I've done this. Oh, Shane boy. Peterson... <clears throat> In case you don't know, and I've mentioned this many times on the show. Well, maybe not many times. That sounds like a very full of myself thing to do. I like we play the outro music, we're ready to go, but no, we're not doing that. Why? Because Shane Peterson, the man, the myth, the legend, he's been the producer for Cairo Nights for how long now? Uh, in July, beginning of July, it's going to be one year. One year. Congratulations, my dude. Thank you. He's done a great job. He's made that show a lot of fun. You can tell by the podcast download numbers. You can tell by the 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 text line. A late a late night radio show getting the amount of text they get is r- incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. But it's well deserved. And right now, I'm going to pull up a little something from his show that he aired this Thursday night. He's doing a new segment. What is that new segment called? And please explain as I get ready to pull it up here. So the new segment's called Shane's World. Um, Basically, me and my show host, Jack. Jack is probably the best person to work with in the world. He's such a open and willing... Like, every every suggestion I give to him, he is, he's almost never said no to any of my suggestions. He always listens, and he's always down. And he approached me and said, Hey, uh, usually the 9.30 segment is usually pretty empty. Do you want to take it over and have it be your segment every night? So there's a new segment on Cairo Nights called Shane's World... I have a bunch of stuff that I made because I was going to start a YouTube show and a podcast called Shane's World off of the famous Shane's World. World. Shane's World. Shane's World. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, the segment is just stuff that I can come up with. Um, 
today we had a pretty fun little segment that I came up with, mm. uh, inspired by Billy Eichner, the comedian mm. and host of uh, Billy on the Streets. Well, Billy Eichner um, is this guy. He has yeah. a yep. TV show on yep. True TV, and basically it's a on. He's a man on the streets, basically. So he goes up and he asks people random questions, and he does it kind of in like a game show style format. So Jack. <clears throat> I was sitting there thinking, well, I wonder if I could do something like that with Jack, and then it hit me. So you're new to the state of Washington, you know, correct? You've only been here for a couple months. So So, only a couple months. So the thing that you need to know is that you need to kind of brush up on your Washington politics, your Washington history (laughs) politics, and you also need to brush up on the fact. That there have been a lot of serial killers in this state. (laughs) A lot of people be murdering out in these streets. (laughs) So I have put together a list, a list of 15 different names. And I'm going to read off each name to you, Jack. And I'm telling you, you better not have Google open. (laughs) Do not have Google open. I don't. Okay. I promise. All right. So we're going to test you to see (laughs) what you know in the game that I like to call Washington State Serial Killers or Former Washington State Senators. (laughs) That is the name of the game. Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready? Uh, should we hear one? I want to hear one. Uh, yeah. If you want to hear one, yeah. Uh, I, I so badly want to hear one. I, I was going to just have it to be the intro. Ready, yeah. I, just, right. I can't resist. Number one, Kenneth Bainchi. Hmm. That's got to be a serial killer. One hundred percent. That is a one hundred percent. That is a, a a serial killer. I'm going serial killer too. By the way, I'm going to play along too. I don't know what the answer is here. That is true. I hope yes! I'm getting the last name right. I can Woo! never read names correctly, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to check out more of that, which you absolutely should, it's a new segment, Shane's World, on Cairo Nights. You can hear it. Hour three every night, so that'd be about 9.30. 9.30 every night, Pacific Standard Time, in the greater Seattle area. You could also find it on our podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get podcasts. Just look up Cairo Nights, and then you'll see a picture of Jack Stein with his terrible baseball hat That's eye a bad combo. hat. One of the worst I've ever seen. I was giving him, <laughs> I was giving him so much hell about it the other day. Yeah, he's... Uh... <laughs> no style. No style. Ah. Uh. But you know what? That segment was style. That sh- this show has been style. Again, Sh- Shane, for real this time, thank you so much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This has been the Tarkin Sorry Show. We'll talk with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs>